Do you feel lucky, punk? I know you're wondering, is this the booth drafting the circuits or Steve's video store? What is it? I sure know what it is. It's hoobazoo.com. It's taking some work, but I finally have them. The worst of the worst. Let's just say I put him in a hole and threw away the hole. There's rumors, Amanda, that some of them have abilities. Oh, yeah. I have seen things. Maybe Superman was some kind of beacon for them to creep back from the shadows. I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet who I think can do some good. They're bad guys. Exactly. And if anything goes wrong, we blame them. We have built-in deniability. What makes you think you can control them? Because getting people to act against their own self-interest is what I do for a living. first time for everything and this is mine welcome to Oscar Mike radio broadcasting from the city of champions Brockton Massachusetts um, what is Oscar Mike radio and who am I to talk about being on mission my name is Travis uh, otherwise known as P dog from my Marine Corps years I was a Hawk operator 7222 
and got out as a lance corporal, terminal lance, and then got into the private sector. But like a lot of us, I got out and I really felt a need to continue serving my brothers and sisters, to being of service to them and what they had going on in their lives. So I started volunteering for veterans' causes and being involved in my Marine Corps League. And from you know that experience, what I'm learning is there's a lot of people who are doing a lot of things for veterans. Just like me, just like you, they, they want to be of service even though they're out of the military. There are a lot of people who are not active duty, not veterans, but still want to be involved in making sure our you know service members are being taken care of. And they work very hard to provide you know services uh, things for them, employment, housing, that kind of thing. So veterans can get a hand up, but not a hand out. So, you know, Oscar Mike is more or less the way that um, I'm trying to bring this all together in one place, where I want to talk to the, the person who's deployed. I want to talk to the person who's come back from deployment. I want to talk to, you know, you who's thinking about joining the military, what's, what's going through your mind. I want to hear about the successes. I want to hear about things that are challenges. I want to understand how uh, I can help and how I can relate your story to the greater audience that, that is America and, and our brothers and sisters. I want to talk about current events and how they affect us as veterans, how they affect us as Americans. And I, I want to make sure that you have a place where you can find out what's going on. So. You know, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, this is my first time doing this, but uh, I'm like, you know, Dan the Torpedo's full speed ahead. So, a couple of shout outs before I get started. I just want to thank uh, all my friends and, you know, some family who have supported this, who've encouraged me to get this going. I want to thank Keith Hayes from Brockton, who, you know, really turned me on to internet content creation, and he's been a very big help. Uh, eventually, this podcast will be a live streaming radio show with uh, guests and people able to call in. So that's it. That's that's what this is about. And I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to get serious. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to try to answer some. And uh, without any further ado, I want to talk about a current event. You know, it's not really current now, but it did happen and it's close to me. I want to talk about uh, the cop shooting in Baton Rouge. Uh, I, th I think, you know, it goes without saying that uh, it's a very terrible thing when, you know, law enforcement officers are targeted this way, you know, like in Dallas and, and like in Baton Rouge. The reason I'm talking about the Baton Rouge one is this is a Marine that did it. And I just want to focus on, you know, the Marine aspect because a lot of my brothers and sisters are, are saying, well, why did this guy do this if he was a Marine? You know, what happened? Was it PTSD? You know, what's going on? You know, how can this possibly have been um, anything that uh, could have happened if you love the Marine Corps? And I don't know, you know, why that is. Um, so I started looking at this, and I, I don't have all the facts. I don't have uh, this man's service record book to figure out, you know, what he's doing or, or why he did this. I, I don't. So, 
you know, here's what I do know about Gavin Long, who, you know, did this terrible act in Baton Rouge. And once again, uh, my my heart, my, my prayers, my thoughts go out to the families of those fallen officers. And I just want everybody to know that I, I fully support what our law enforcement officers are doing in, in this nation. It's a hard job. It's a thankless job. And there's a lot going on right now. But, you know, I want to deal with what I know and what I think happened because a lot of things have been thrown around. And I, I just want to try to, you know, add my two cents, if you will. What I know about Gavin Long is not much. Uh, part of that reason is there's not a lot out there about him. Uh, by all intents and purposes, he had a fairly, you know, not normal Marine Corps career, but a fairly normal Marine Corps career. He got out and then went to school and then this happened. And, and so there's not a lot to tell me you know what actually happened to this 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 man to make him do this here's what I know uh, he joined the Marine Corps in 2005 as a MOS 0651 which is a data network specialist so what that tells me is right there is he wasn't a frontline combat troop and he wasn't in a frontline combat support MOS or job. Uh, a data support specialist or data network specialist is a guy who sets up networks, you know, um, servers, exchange servers, because they use, you know, Microsoft Exchange, things like that. I mean, you're not in the front line. You you are sitting in a you know data warehouse or some kind of other you know operational shed, making sure emails and you know, password resets were being done, making sure routing tables are set up. It's it's not what you would particularly call a, a job where you would be exposed to combat operations. That's not to say that he didn't have some kind of collateral duty that, you know, he was, you know, guarding a, a warehouse or, or a gun truck or something like that. But from everything that, that I've been able to find out and everything I've read online it is... He worked on networks all day long. So he, he got out in 2010. And from all you know, knowledge is he went back to Kansas City and went to school. And, you know, was in school for a couple of years. Um, then sold all his possessions and traveled to Rwanda, Ethiopia, Uganda, Kenya, and, and Tanzania just to see the world. He had, he had a, a, a plan in place of things that he wanted to do. And from there he came back and he joined the Washita the, the you know, Nation, which is a you know, black separatist group. He joined the Nation of Islam. He joined you know, several other organizations to you know, further whatever cause he was trying to further in his life. Uh, it's really not clear. And again, I don't have all the information. I don't have his service record book. I don't have his medical record book. I don't have, you know, things other people have. I'm just going by what I can find out with the resources I have. And what I'm trying to say is, is to sit there and suggest that, you know, he had some kind of experience in the Marine Corps or, or PTSD experience and came back and did this 
I'm just not seeing it uh, unless there was something that happened to him, you know, either, you know, as a collateral duty, guard duty, or something that he saw going to and from work in Iraq for two tours. I just don't understand how you can go join the Marine Corps as a data network specialist and come out and, and be, you know, damaged enough to do that. And I could be completely wrong. I understand that. But what I'm saying is I find it hard to believe that, you know, his Marine Corps experience led to this. Um, is every Marine a rifleman? Absolutely. Did he have enough information to go out and execute these crimes? Absolutely. But to say that the Marine Corps had a, a real effect on that, I'm just not buying it yet. I, I really am not. And, and, you know, if I am wrong, then tell me where I am wrong and I will, I will, I will own up to it. But my, my issue is, is he got out in 2009, 2010, and this event happened six years later. That's a lot of time to incubate, um, you know, hate and, 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 you know, self-delusion and all the other things that was going through him. If you watch some of his YouTube videos and other things that he put out there, there were other things going on than a PTSD situation. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I just don't understand how something that he, he was a part of 10, 15 years ago led to this now. And it's a very terrible thing. I feel like that our country is being divided, that, that you know, there are pieces of the pie being cut up and put on different plates, and we are being forced further and further apart rather than being brought together. And it's a very, very sad time for our country. And again, I feel... I feel very, very, uh, you know, badly, very, very much, uh, I have a feeling of compassion and, and, and outpouring my spirit for the families in Dallas and, um, you know, Baton Rouge for what they're going through for, for fathers and sons that will not come home to, you know, their children and, and their wives and their mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers. I just, it's a terrible thing. And, you know, I, I offer whatever comfort I can, uh, now and going forward so if if you disagree if you have other information i'd love to hear about it um you can comment on uh twitter which is at oscar mike radio uh facebook is the same thing uh let me know what you think and, and um you know that that is that's how i'm going to talk about this um switching up a little bit uh I'm going to try to do a weekly rant, you know, kind of off topic, kind of light and funny about things that, you know, make me go, hmm, about the military. Uh, you know, I got out in 1999, 1998, and there are still things I see from not only my time in, but also just in general that I'm like, you know, huh? Why is that idea brought up? And, and one thing that, that is making me go, you know, just absolutely bonkers is I'm seeing pictures of people wearing these reflective belts when they PT and hump. And it looks like a strip of reflective tape that is about three feet long that wraps around you or your, your pack. And so you can see the person coming when um, they're exercising or on a forced march. <laughs> and at first, I thought it was just, well, you know, it's one of those things that people have going and, you know, maybe it was a nighttime thing. But I guess, like, the Army and Marine Corps, 
you know, wear these things every time they PT. And when I was in, it was all about being, you know, technically correct at all times, right? You didn't want to, you know, do anything that didn't cause you to blend in. And if, if you were doing a, a platoon run or a battery run, I mean, there was like 60 of us in, you know, um, my battery and 30 of us in a platoon. Well, we were kind of hard to miss going down the road. And, and we ran early in the morning, so there, there wasn't a lot of traffic to worry about. So I, I'm like, you know, what's the purpose of the PT belts? And so I look on taskandpurpose.com. They had a good article that is in the blog on Oscar Mike, Oscar Mike's site at wordpress.com. You can find it there. And they go into this thing where there was uh, a need to have a PT belt for uh, soldiers in Afghanistan and Iraq, and it just stuck. And, you know, the Army thought it was a good idea to keep it going, so literally every time the Army PTs or has a forced march or a ruck march, ruck run, they're wearing this strip of cloth. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm looking at this thing thinking, and I'm saying to myself, that's a big old shoot me sign. I mean, I'm going to have no problem dialing in my my rifle and, you know, taking pot shots. And I'm like, I hope they don't wear these things when they're, when they're actually deployed in the field. I, I really hope that's not the case. But it seems like that uh, it's it's here to stay in the Army and the Marine Corps. The Air Force got rid of it. Uh, if, if I, you know, have my facts straight, which I think I do. But, um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, the Army and the Marine Corps, to an extent, still wear the reflective PT belt. And, and you know, yes, I, I'm, I'm, I've been out for a while, and yes, I know things change, but I, I still haven't gotten the why. You know, my, my opinion is there's some reflective belt tape maker somewhere in this country that paid off some congressmen to provide these things to the military for some kind of contractor kickback. I don't know if that's true. I have absolutely no idea. I, I can't uh, confirm or deny that, but um, it would seem like that's the case is, you know, somebody is making some money off doing this. And I'm kind of curious how much these PT belts haven't uh, cost because I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm extremely curious. And, um, you know, that's kind of what I think about that. So that is my weekly rant for the week. And, um, you know, if you agree that they're stupid, you know, let me know. If uh, you, you think that uh, they're absolutely necessary kit for, uh, you know, most guys in the military, then uh, let me know. Uh, on Facebook at uh, Oscar Mike Radio, Twitter, uh, I'd be interested in hearing from you. So I want to, as part of Oscar Mike Radio, is try to do unit shoutouts, and and the reason I want to do this is is you know my kids play the the Call of Duty and the Battlefield games, and you know that's what they think that I did in the military is I ran around really, really fast with a gun, jumping up and down buildings and in and out of vehicles, and you know that's what I did, and the fact of the matter is. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. I, I uh, you know, like I said earlier, I was a Hawk missile systems operator. We, uh, you know, fired a missile about as long as your car at airborne targets, you know, 30, 40 miles away. That's what, that's what we did. 
And um, so, no, I, I was not like the, the guys you see in Call of Duty at, at, at all, uh, in any way, shape, or form. But um, what I wanted to do is, is to give some viewpoint on other types of military jobs because, you know, there's a lot that goes into putting that uh, infantry soldier on the field to make sure that, you know, he or, you know, can do his job. There's a lot going into making sure that there are, you know, planes flying in the sky. There's a lot going into making sure that, you know, the Navy ships, you know, can get from point A to point B. And I think a lot of people just, it's, it's not anybody's fault per se. You just don't know what's out there. And, and, and there's tons of, of opportunity in the military to do something that, that makes a difference in people's lives. And also, you know, provide the support that you need for your, um, you know, fellow soldiers. So this week's um, shout out goes out to the second uh, MEF Civil Affairs Division in Okinawa, Japan, and uh, what they do, well actually the backstory behind this is, you know, the, uh, the guy I talked to about uh, this unit served in the same Hawk Battery as I did as a PFC, and he's a very interesting character, uh, he was always, uh, you know, asking questions that uh, his NCOs didn't like and always wanting to know the why, you know, uh, you always hear now that the why is important uh, for, uh, you know, millennials to do their job and genetics to do their job. Well, he was the first. He was he was first in line for that. And what happened was, is, you know, after I separated, he uh, went to uh, OCS, got his degree and became an officer and uh, very, very uh, proud of him and his accomplishments in the military. And so I, I got a hold of him and I said, well, you know, what do you do now? What, what's a civil affairs guy actually do? And it was a very interesting conversation. And, and so what he does and his unit does, he's a captain, he's an O3, is they really go out into the community or communities in the area that they are operating in. And they find out who the, the power players are, who's the mayor. Who's his family? You know, what's the infrastructure look like? Where are the best roads? Where are the problems the populace, you know, is facing? What do they like about where they live? How can, you know, the Marine Corps operate in that area without disrupting, you know, the native population too much? You know, what's the instability in the region? Who Who's the power player? So on and so forth. And then they coordinate. They bring all that information back to, you know, their, uh, you know, secret uh, shop and, I don't know if it's secret or not, but that's what I'm calling it. And what they do is they collate all the information together. And what that allows, you know, generals and, and senior commanders to do is to plan the strategy for operating in that uh, theater. And it's a very important job. It's a very, very, you know, uh, surefire way to make sure that you are positioning your troops for success. And for many of us, you know, unless you ask somebody who's actually doing that or, or know about that intelligence, you would never know that that actually exists. I, I mean, and, and so that's kind of why I'm wanting to provide these uh, shutouts every week is, you know, there's a lot of jobs in the military that um, never, never see the light of day. You'll never see movies being made about them. You'll never hear about, you know, you, you know, what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. It's just, you know, the nature of the game, but it's a very important job and it's a very necessary job for how we operate uh, and how, you know, we do, uh, you know, combat in this day and age.
especially within the age information where things are changing so rapidly. So my shout out, Oscar Mike, is to the Second Meth Civil Affairs Detachment in Okinawa, Japan. You know, a good solid oorah from me to you guys. And, and, and ladies. I'm not going to forget that. So one of the things that I want to do with Oscar Mike, and that's before I start bringing a guest on and having callers call in, is I really want to, at least for now in the greater Boston area, um, make sure that uh, if there's local events going on for the military or, you know, um, somebody who's trying to do something, you know, outside the military, but it's going to benefit veterans is that um, you know about it. And so um, we have some events here to go through, and I'll try to make them sound interesting. Um, Saturday, July 23rd, and this is from the VetNet Boston. Uh, it's it's a it's an online site with almost every veteran uh, happening going on in the Greater Boston area. If if they don't have it, they're going to get it. So it's a good resource to use, and and these are also going to be listed in my blog. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about is uh, Run to Home Base. It's a happening Saturday, July 23rd at Fenway Park in Boston. And it's a fundraising event for the Home Base program. Very, very cool. If uh, you're in that area, go check it out. Uh, second thing we have up is the Mass Vets Music Fest at Battleship Cove. Now, I don't know if you've ever been down to Battleship Cove, but that has to be one of the coolest things in this state that you can go see. Uh, you just don't realize how big some of these warships are until you stand on them. And, and then to realize that, you know, our, our you know, grandparents, uh, you know, my, my children's grandfather uh, actually served on this uh, battleship. Uh, the, the history of, of what our forefathers did in, in World War II and, and how this ship was uh, preserved and what they're trying to do down there. It's just a really fascinating time. So it's, it's a great time. It's a great thing to see. So they're having a Mass Vets Music Fest at Battleship Cove. That's Sunday, um, July 24th. And it's a free entry. And it's a free entry to the park for vets, troops, first responders, and their families. So there's going to be free food and live bands. And they're going to be playing the... Um, Fantail from the USS Constitution, which will be down there. That's pretty cool. There is a Vets and Military Free Night at the Brockton Rocks, Thursday, July 28th from 6 to 9 p.m. Um, it's going to be uh, free tickets and free meals for vets, troops, and their families. So check that out. I'm always pleased, you know, being here in Brockton myself, that they have a very uh, strong desire to make sure their vets are taken care of. Let's see here. Um, this is kind of ongoing, but I wanted to note that, um, you know, there's a new uh, Department of Mass VFW service officer uh, to help out with disability claim assistance. Uh, this officer will be at the Brockton VA campus every Tuesday from 9 to 3 p.m. and the Jamaica Plain VA campus every Thursday, 9 to 3 p.m. So um, for more information, you can contact Delray Dorsey, 781-812. 8125. I'll also have this information on my blog and uh, on the Oscar Mike blog and uh, you can link to it in the Facebook page and Twitter page. Last but not least, last but not least, I want to talk about Hawk again and for the first time in a long time uh, the USMC Hawk Association uh, you know managed by Stan Belizean is going to have a reunion 
next year, June 20 through 23rd, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And it's kind of important to me because uh, I got into Hawk and about halfway through uh, my um, career, my four-year tour, uh, Hawk was done away with. It was replaced by the Patriot air defense system, and by the time I got out, it was pretty much mothballed. But uh, the one thing I found out, you know, when I got out is there's a lot of people who, uh, if you know where to look, know what Hawk is, know what it does. Uh, and so we become a really tight family. So if you are a Hawker or uh, served in the air defense or artillery, you know, whether in Vietnam, Kuwait, Iraq, or, you know, in peacetime, um, you can go to uh, the website and um, you can... Uh, find out how to join the, the Hawk Association. You can find out how to, um, you know, do all that. And that information will be on my blog as well. And, uh, you know, look forward to seeing you next year. So this pretty much wraps up uh, my first podcast with uh, Oscar Mike. Uh, I'm going to try to follow this format as I uh, get this all dialed in. This, this like life is a work in progress. Um, and I hope it grows. I hope to be able to get on some, some good guests. They're going to talk to us about military issues, veterans issues. And, you know, there's some civilians that want to come on and talk about what they're doing to, you know, support veterans when they come out of the military and also make sure that guys going, guys and, you know, people going into the military know that, you know, that city or town has their back. And I just, again, I want to bring us together in this place and have a good time doing it. So, you know, there's going to be more to come. Uh, I'm having a blast doing this, even though I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. But uh, I hope you enjoy it, and thank you very much for listening. Master Yoda, I am, and listen, you must to whomazoo.com.